Hey, this is Akuya Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, a podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Good afternoon, Emma. Um, it's lovely to speak to you. And um, congratulations are in order. How do you feel? Oh, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine. And it was over two weeks ago. That you got the news. <laughs> so give us the, what is the, so what exactly are you being awarded? Oh, it was the um, special award from BAFTA, craft special award from BAFTA. And what was it like getting this recognition? Because, I mean, as, as the conversation recently is going on about diversity behind the camera, every, you know, there's been a lot of work to change things in front of the screen, on screen, I should say, but behind the camera is not so much recognition. So what's it like being, you know, awarded for this type of work? Craft is not always championed in the same way. Well, um, my comment to that really is that I've been a script supervisor working behind the scenes for the last 30 years. So it's really, as far as I'm concerned, an award for all script supervisors who have all been sort of virtually flying under the radar um, in the UK and around the world. I think that's a, that's a worthy um, cause. <laughs> it's a worthy thing you're doing. So I mean, I mean most people don't know what script supervisors. Well, I'm going to get into that. So, so, so you know, but I, it, it's difficult to give it in like one sentence, really. And I think that's sort of um, the problem, really. So, I mean, it's a bit obvious to ask, but how you got into this business? But I mean, how did you get into being the business of being a script supervisor and why? Well, OK, so um, I started my first job, actually, was working for an accountant. OK. <laughs> um, yes, working for an accountant, but the company was ATV and that was owned by Lou Great. OK. Um, so I was with the, the accountant, um about 18 months but I knew I always wanted to try and do something in TV so the overall the company owned Elstree Studio so all the jobs were um, advertised internally first okay basically I was using the skills that I had to fit with whatever job and and I don't know whether you do know or not but obviously my sister's an actress she was going to drama school I was going to secretarial college and she was having more fun (laughs) <laughs> so then, you know, that, that basically I was supporting her and going to various um, gigs and things and sitting in the audience, et cetera, et cetera. So really, I was just trying to sort of find the sources that I, resources that I had already in an industry that I really, really liked, knowing full well I did not want to be in front of the camera, which is quite ironic, really, what happened last two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because obviously your sister is the wonderful Ellen Thomas and it's it's interesting that you, you recognise from the jump that no, on camera is not for you, behind the scenes is where you want to be. And I think creatives in, in this day and age, they creatives tend to be this like marching band of all doing all sorts of skills and the, the, the term jack of all trades, master of none doesn't seem to apply in this day and age. Nowadays it's more like you try your luck, you do what you can and if you want to get into the industry just say yes to everything and then you learn on the way and then one day the role that you want comes forward. So, I mean, I guess you, but you well, were it was pretty... slightly sh- different for me. Yeah. I went through a full nine-month training scheme Right. With I eventually got it, applied for it like three times over the course of God knows how many years, kept moving around the country, which is quite nice because that's how I ended up on Tiswas. 
but <laughs> I did end up I did end up getting the job with the you know appropriate training in absolutely all the areas. Oh, it's okay. When I went freelance, yeah, it's only when I went freelance that um, I decided to specialise in drama. But we were doing com- you know comedy shows, we were doing live shows, news programmes. Um, um, Lockbusters of all the other programs. You went out to do documentaries. You did a bit of everything, really. Sorry, can I interject? So, in on this internship, you did a bit of everything, but be, as a script uh, supervisor uh, or as just like a runner or different roles. No, 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 no. It was a dedicated, and actually, it's not an internship. It's a proper script supervisor's course. Okay. There. Yeah, there were at least six of us went through over the nine months, and we then just you know we became the pool script supervisor for trainees okay. so you went round and that's how central ran central tv at the time ran their training scheme you know it was a proper it was a recognized nine-month training scheme okay where you did all the programs so i didn't need to go and be a runner or go and be somebody else because i specifically wanted to be a script supervisor continuity and actually in those days they were called pas so you ended up in the gallery as well doing multi-camera shoots so, people don't know anything about that. No, because I, yes. I was about to ask, so what makes, where do you fit in the process process of a story coming to life and where does it vary um, on film and TV? How does it vary? So, when I get the phone call mm-hmm. for a drama, whether it's TV series or a film, the money's attached, the actors are attached. I probably have between two, three or one week of prep, depending on the project, mm. and then I go into production so the first day of principal photography i would have done my prep i would have done my continuity bible and then you are then responsible every department does their own continuity so by the time um, we're all standing on set on the first day whatever happens on set once the cameras start rolling i am then responsible for the overall continuity regardless of what it says in the script. So, so the thing is, I've all this time I'm like, I know what a script supervisor is, and now I'm sitting here like, oh, okay, so continuity. So this is, the continuity is when something's filmed, so if a person says, I walk down the road, you make sure that when they've said cut and they pick it up again, let's roll again, the person says, I walk down the road in exactly the same way. They don't say, I walk down the road and did a break dance. Do you know what I mean? So Well, ah. Ah. Well, that, that, those are the basics. Mm. Obviously, with creative juices on the um, studio floor or wherever we are on location, you've got to have a allow, allow for flexibility. Okay. And that's, and that's where, depending on whatever the director wants, whatever the DOP wants, and then to what you're trying to do is provide to, uh, information for the editor so that they can cut the material together. Okay. What I always say to my trainees, there are no hard and fast rules because every day is different. So it may say X in the script today, and we will shoot that, but there's also variations. Okay. And then you will help them pick the best variation? Well, no, it's really down to the director. Okay. I'm there to say, look, you know, we've done four takes. Two of the takes will work for continuity, but probably the director will love all four of them for performance. Oh. So my indication to the editor will be take one, take four, work for continuity. But the director likes all four takes. So then the editor 
has the responsibility to make it work, given the information. And we all know that they sometimes don't need that information because we've all seen mistakes on TV and film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we always go for the performance. Okay. And I agree, and I agree. So what makes a script difficult to supervise? Is it the writer or the words on the page or the words on the page or actually the delivery on because it seems like it's because when you say script supervisor, you automatically think you've got so you, you take the script and you're tweaking and shaping the script, but actually it seems like it's a more physical process. So what makes it what would make the process difficult for you as a script supervisor? The only I suppose the difficult thing and that applies to all of the crew mm. are the, the long hours. Okay. The long hours and the travel. So you make your judgment about what what job you want next or where you want to go. Sometimes it's easier to work abroad because you know you're literally there to work. You have a hotel. You don't have to sort out your home. Yeah. You don't have to travel. They get you there. So really, my my decisions these days are based on the location. It's not actually the difficulty of the script or the project because obviously I you know I want to do it. And as with everything, everything has its swings and roundabouts. But sure. At the moment, mine's about sort of getting to work, especially around London. So public transport is great, but that might not work for coming home. You know, allowing another two hours to travel to location and then spend 10 to 12 hours a day on location (laughs) and then spend an hour and a half getting back. So you've got to think about that. It may be a fantastic project, but those are the parameters. Actually doing the job is fantastic because it swings and roundabouts and you just make it work. Yeah, I hear that. Do script supervisors get enough recognition in the whole process? Because I can't really think of a famous script supervisor or the Oscars don't really read out. I don't think you get an Oscar for being a script supervisor, do you? So uh, is the recognition... <laughs> OK, so um, the most I would say the most famous one in the UK is Angela Allen. OK. Who worked on The Misfits with Marilyn Monroe. OK. And then I'd say that the uh, Dawn Gwillem, Okay. Is on Star Wars and does practically everything that J.J. Abrams does. Mm. But there is, you could actually go onto um, Facebook and there's a script supervisor site there that will list all the script supervisors who've worked on all the Oscar-winning films. Wow, that's good. And so, so, we, so, we, so we give our own, you know, we give our own recognition yeah. to a better world. Is it a role that women occupy comfortably? Because ultimately, you're telling someone how to shape their idea, I suppose, or you're informing that process of what we end up seeing, their final product. So does that become ever become an issue when dealing with men or being a woman of colour no, in a parrot no, place? No no? no? no, the only thing that's happened, basically, is because it was a traditionally female job because you started typing your information in the uh, information. So it ended up as a relatively sort of female job, but not now because there are male script supervisors. There's probably more male script supervisors in the um, US than there are in the UK. So what are some of your most memorable projects which taught you the most valuable life lessons, or posit- positive or negative, but what have been some of your most memorable projects that you've worked on? Everybody keeps asking me that because they've all got something and now that Greg um, Davis has presented my award, it's got to be man down oh. for the comedy. <laughs> so we're going to say that, make sure you get that in there because I owe that to him. I've told him now. Okay. And, uh, basically <laughs> They, they all have something. Listen, I did a, a shoot. It, was, it wasn't TV, but it was a, a film in Russia. Mm. And that had its challenges because, A, I couldn't speak the language. And even though I had an interpreter, it was a challenge. So not, not necessarily one that I particularly wanted, but I did enjoy it in the end. Mm. And you have to get you know to know the individuals first mm. to explain about your job. So that's it. I mean... Um, it, it, all the jobs have swings and roundabouts. That's why I keep saying to it, I've enjoyed 
all of them that are listed on my CV. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice and um, neutral yeah. and lovely. Thank you. I'm not going to list anything that I didn't enjoy. I understand um, so that. Everything that's on IMDb because they, they list everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, that's fair dues. I mean, so, what about? So, go on. Sorry. So, so and then you asked for one. So one other. Um, very famous one is um, Martin Scorsese's script supervisor, which is Martha Pinson. Wow. And she has got an amazing. So, if you, when we finish this phone call, you really want to know exactly what the job is in like seven minutes. She's done a fantastic YouTube. What happens when uh, a movie doesn't have a script supervisor? Oh, wow. And that will actually inform you in such a way that when you're trying to explain to somebody else, they'll be very impressed. She's done it, and she, it's the best thing ever. As a, a, establishing the the position of a script supervisor, who's your best friend on set? Well, the whole crew. Oh, Obviously, wow, okay. The, the whole crew, because I'm here to take in information for all of them. Okay. So if the, if the sound's not quite right on that take, they'll come and get get me to put it on the note. Mm. Um, if the DOP's saying, listen, you know, this will be great, but we need to match that in two weeks' time. Let's match the experience. That's what I'll be putting down the script. So you are sort of like sitting there becoming the font of all knowledge. Oh, wow. Then what would make the best um, script supervisor? Like, to be the best script supervisor, you need to have the following, or you need to be like this. A sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Well, I mean, it's like all jobs for all of the crew. You need the stamina, you need mm. the preparation... Um, and you just need, you sort of need to get on with everybody, even if the circumstances are really, you know, you're up in the middle of a field and the wind is blowing through your hair and you haven't got enough clothes on, all that sort of stuff. But that's what makes you bond with the crew. OK, yes, so you, yes. You know, you, you, it's like any job when you're working with people in good circumstances, bad circumstances. Mm. So I don't think there's anything other than, you know, I think you sort of need an organised mind, but even then, there's some you can still get the job done. You know, you need to provide the information at the end of the day or the next morning for the editors. And yeah. so, is, is there a project that you wished you worked on? Or the, ah, actually, and I don't know because you're going to be very—I bet you're going to be very tactful—a project that you've seen <laughs> that you thought they could have done with my help, or something that you actually loved and wished you were a part of. Actually, no, I suppose. Uh, if I'd had that question probably two years ago, it probably would have been Star Wars. Oh, okay. Doing, yeah, I ended up doing some second unit with uh, Dawn anyway. Okay. You know, just a few dailies on that. So that's it. I've ticked that off my list. Mm. Um, no, I'll wait, I'll wait for the call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing that you've seen that you're like, mm, you know what, they could have had me on board. Well, n not really, because you don't. I don't know whether what ends up on the screen. <laughs> Okay. Not what the experience of the whole crew was. Yeah, for sure. So there's no way of saying that, you know, I wished I'd been on that just because mm. when, you know, they might have had a terrible time, but the actual project is amazing. Okay. So, yeah. so um, I, I mean, well, thank you for saying <laughs> that. So I realise I don't know anything about you, your background. Where are you from? What area? What what area do you represent? What's your heritage? And like, you know, what was it like growing up? And how? You know, I don't think 
especially as being, I don't know if I should say especially as being black, but from a certain generation, going into the film industry wasn't necessarily something that our parents would encourage. Was it always like, was it not like that at home for you? Was it just like, yeah, go into the arts, it's fine. Or were you kind of steered towards maybe the more traditional nursing roles and stuff like that and you rebelled or? Okay, so in my speech, I referenced that my mum and dad um, relocated from Sierra Leone okay. and came over to give us a better, a better life. So, you know, it was, Everybody gets further education after school. It's not up for discussion, mm-hmm. which is fine. Doesn't matter what it was, but you were going to, you know, you go to college, you go to university, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do further education. School is not the sort of end all and be all. Mm. For me, yes, um, I went and did like the traditional thing, the secretary, because it was easy and I could type basically. Okay. So your parents were happy about that. And moving fast forward, Having gone through college, business studies, done all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then to be end up working for a puppet, a little bit surprised for them, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Shopping TV, you know, but then they, you know, they did understand in the end and, and saw the bigger picture that it was me trying to make whatever move I needed to make in order to get the training as a script supervisor. Okay, brilliant. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you, and really congratulations. You're an inspiration. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.